0: Welcome everyone to another episode of Slasher Scotty. I am your host Scotty McCoy and I have an alumni from the Child's Play franchise. I have Alex Vincent and he played Andy Barclay in Child's Play. Hello uh, Alex how you doing?
1: I'm doing well I feel like you hesitated you almost called me Andy
0: I did I always do that every time I don't know why. It's okay. pretty used to it after uh, three decades it is true right oh my gosh I mean I'm I'm really excited that we can do this interview um like I've been a fan of yours for the longest time and I will start off with a quick story before I ask the questions that uh I've always been afraid of Chucky and and it's I call it karma ever since I was younger now I'm not as an adult but when I was younger I was always afraid of Chucky every time going into Spencer's and all that but uh Oh my gosh! Um, I with my cousin Destiny when she was younger, she was maybe like five or six, and I was I always antagonized her. Like you know, you have to antagonize your little cousins. Um, so I ended up uh, putting her, uh, asked her if she wanted to watch Toy Story with me, and I put in Child's Play, and uh, she got scared from By it. Mistake?
2: You mean you meant to put on
0: Toy Story? No, I I meant to, to put in Child's life. Play. <laughs> So yeah, I right. told her it was a Toy Story, and uh, she got scared from it, but I got even more petrified. And karma, yeah. karma paid me back.
2: Uh, instant
0: karma is going to get you exactly. Um, so the first question I do got for you is nothing related to child's play, but it's how did you get your start into acting? Um, I grew up in North
1: Jersey, and I had a friend, a family friends who lived down the street from me, and she did commercials. Mm-hmm. And when I was five, I saw her on TV. So I saw someone that I knew in person mm-hmm. on TV, and I, I was just kind of enamored by that idea. Nice. So I, I you know, I was a pretty outgoing kid. I had I had really good memorization skills. Um, so it was just uh, me actually asking my parents to take me to her agent to try to be on TV and do commercials like that. Awesome. So that's what happened um we got set up with her manager from new york Suzelle from Suzelle enterprises sue schachter was her name and uh she worked with a lot of children in in new york in the 80s um but yeah so i just started going on auditions and then that was it um you know two or three times a week coming home from school and sitting in the car to drive (laughs) through new york city traffic to go to auditions
0: that is so awesome. So what, yeah. did you audition for Child's Play? I'm assuming you did, but what was the audition like?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had a few. Awesome. I auditioned a couple times in New York, and then I was flown out to L.A. Okay. to audition against like two other kids, kind of with a bunch of the producers and directors. I guess the director, I don't know if Tom was there, but a bunch of producers were there. and uh, Yeah, so I, so I had an audition kind of head-to-head against a couple other kids there and i've told this story quite a bit but uh it was a little different usually even at five six years old when you had an audition your parents would wait outside and they send you in but this you know they flew us out to la for a pretty big audition against just a couple kids and my mother was actually in the audition room with me which was rare Mm -hmm. um and they wanted me to do the scene where i said aunt maggie is a real bitch and got what she deserved (laughs) And when I got up to that line, I froze. And I said, I don't remember the lines. I don't don't remember. So they're like, okay, well, we'll start over. We started over. And then when I got to it, I froze up again, got up and ran out of the room and locked myself in the bathroom. (laughs) Uh, And it wasn't that I had forgotten the lines at all. I was just uncomfortable saying bitch in front of my mother. Right. Uh, So she went back and told them, no, he knows all the lines. He just didn't want to say that word in front of me. Um, and, and I guess they had believed that I really forgot the lines, So they said, well, this kid could act. Right. Uh, so that helped me get the job.
0: Nice. Every time, like I hear you say that in the movie, like I'm, I, I laugh because it's like you hear this kid talking like this and it's like, really? Like they, did they really yeah. say that? Which it's, 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 it's funny, but it's, it's realistic because like, you know, you're you're playing it off that Chucky said all this, which is the truth, but no, who's gonna believe that a doll is speaking like this? You know. Sure. So it's true. Um, one question I did want to ask um, that isn't that I don't have listed actually. Um, so did you have any props from the movie to take home, or like even a Chucky doll or anything? Um,
1: in the first couple films, I, I got some of the clothing that I had, and I had like the cereal box that I make breakfast with in the okay. in the first scene. Um, I had a couple things here and there, but no Chucky dolls. They were, uh, you know, a rare commodity that producers would get their hands on before anyone else. And then there's puppeteers, directors, writers, Mm -hmm. a lot of people higher on that totem pole than me. Right. Um, So, no, I didn't get a doll for part one or for part two. Uh, And then I came back for Curse of Chucky. Mm -hmm. I didn't get one then. But then when I made Cult of Chucky, you know, I said, all right, this is my fourth film. I'd really love a." my own Chucky doll right. so I finally got
0: one awesome that's so cool yeah. so what was it like being a child in a horror movie um, well the fact that it was a horror film was kind of
1: irrelevant um, being in a film you know being in Hollywood or Hollywood outside of Hollywood Chicago right. wherever we were filming um, it, you know and the and the whole process of everything that surrounds that right is 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 the impactful part i think Mm -hmm. on a child i mean you do grow up a little faster than you needed to otherwise there's a especially in my situation where i came back for a sequel that i was lead actor on Mm -hmm. in almost every scene um on 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 the backs of the success of the first film i mean i kind of knew responsibility faster than i needed to right you know but the fact that it was a horror film made no difference. I was not afraid of the doll in the slightest. I thought, you know, the puppeteering that made him work was the coolest thing ever. I knew all the, every line, every storyline, every (laughs) piece of dialogue. I I mean, I, I, for that age, I understood exactly what we were doing, especially by the second film. I was eight. I'd already seen the first film, went through that whole process. Um, but yeah, the fact that it was a horror movie made no difference to me. I I wasn't, I wasn't afraid of films. then. Now that's so,
0: awesome. So, what was it like working with Brad Dureth?
1: Well, I never really got to work with him directly. I worked with his voice, and right. Thank God for that. <laughs> um, you know, if all these Chucky lines were voiced just by some script supervisor shouting out the lines, I don't think <laughs> it would have been as easy to uh, act yeah. convincingly to them. But uh, he did all of his voice recording stuff first, okay? So that was that was out of the way, and they would put it on playback on set um so yeah i mean working with his voice was great for me and when i was a kid you know i I met him a couple times during like script readings and Mm. before filming uh but i didn't really know him you know and i think that was advantageous to the portrayal of the character Mm -hmm. like if i knew brad as this you know funny friendly guy that hangs around with me on set and goofs off Mm -hmm. and then i have to treat him as someone that terrifies me at, <laughs> at six eight years old that might have been more of a challenge Definitely. So I think maybe I mean I would say that he kept that distance intentionally because he's very respectful of the craft of acting right. but The reality of it also, I mean, that's probably true, too, but the reality of it also is that his stuff was done in the studio before we started filming, so Mm -hmm. there was no need for him to be there.
0: Right, right. So, now, did you have to do any uh, on-set schooling or anything as well?
1: Of course, yeah. I had, like, three hours of tutoring every day, which, as a kid, going from, what, six or seven hours in school to three hours tutoring sounded Mm -hmm. like a pretty sweet deal. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Exactly and you know all my teachers would send me with like three months worth of work to work on um and we would usually knock it out in the first couple weeks right so then i, I spent that time just doing other stuff awesome so we know teacher, oops, sorry you know. yeah
0: so we know that yeah. you returned to the franchise in a post-credit cameo on the curse of chucky so how did that come about
1: well um you know Fortunately, Don Mancini and I, at, when I in *Child's Play* two, I just looked up to him so much. Mm-hmm. I thought he was the coolest. He, he drove a cool car. He took me to see *Back to the Future* in the theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a writer, which I always was kind of uh, impressed by. I still am. Um, so, luckily, we reconnected and were very friendly. I mean, for many years. So, he knew, you know, he knew that if the right thing the right opportunity at the right time for the story you know that he wanted to bring me back i would be very eager to do that you know Mm -hmm. um so that's kind of what happened the story opened up the possibility of vandy's return and uh luckily luckily sorry luckily because of our friendship you you know know. he was just able to reach out to me and ask me if i was interested and of course i was
2: awesome
0: Yep. So uh, so was it planned from your return in The Curse of Chucky for you to be a part of The Cult of Chucky?
1: Uh, you'd have to ask Don about okay. that. Um, I mean, it was certainly set up as a possibility. I, right. I mean, I know that in this business, you really can't get ahead of yourselves at all with mm-hmm. anything. Like, just because we got funding to make a movie today doesn't mean that we'll get funding a couple years from now to make any follow-up. Mm-hmm. You know, I think some people... <laughs> maybe just take that part of it for granted. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. not, you know, that's way above my pay grade, but Mm -hmm. I do know that it's always a struggle. It's not like, it's not like, uh, they're always knocking down your door to give you millions of dollars to make a film. So I think story wise, if given the opportunity to continue it, he was excited about the idea of including me further. Mm -hmm. Um, and, he, you know, thank God he has faith in me as an actor, right. considering that I haven't done much over the last, you know, 30 years. I, I, I haven't been on an audition since 1993. Wow. You know?
0: Right. So, so what was the reason for you not to return for Child's Play 3?
1: I wasn't old enough. They wanted the character to be in military school and right. have a love interest. Okay. And they didn't want to wait another extra six years or so to make the film.
0: Right. That makes sense too. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, it's you know, creatively that that's where they want it to go. It does, you know, it does make sense. Yeah. Um, so I know that I interviewed uh, Christine. Um, she actually put me in touch with you, um, and she I asked her the question regarding how it was working with you. So I would like to ask you pretty much the same question of how, what was it like working with her?
1: It was awesome. She was, you know, she she was felt like a big sister. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I did, the best parts of Child's Play 2 were the fun, offset, off-camera moments mm-hmm. that I had with, with Don and with Christine, specifically those two, mm-hmm. um, and John LaFia. Um, but so, you know, those are the memories kind of that stick out a little bit more than the work Right. since I was eight years old at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Christina, just like Don, I always looked up to her. I thought it was very cool that she was you know, young, but acting and and Mm -hmm. doing what at the time I was very ambitious to do. I lost some of that ambition in my early teens and kind of didn't want to go through any of that anymore. But at the time, acting was something that I really kind of valued and was impressed by. And so, you know,
2: I was impressed with her automatically. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, she was fun and sweet and laughed a lot and really enjoyed her time. She was really you know, like, thankful and happy and appreciative to be there. Right. And that that made her very pleasant to be around. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, you know,
1: we went our separate ways and didn't, back then, you know, we didn't keep, like, male correspondence with each other. I didn't, you know, we didn't all have cell phones. And certainly social media made it easier to connect. Yeah. And then I was doing horror conventions, which I've been doing for the past, like, almost 20 years, Mm -hmm. and I did one with her in, I think, Lexington, Kentucky, first, and I'm not sure what year that was, maybe 2012 or something like that, Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, we kind of picked up where we left off. I mean, we have a lot of memories in common and,
2: and right. this child's play thing, this Chucky thing is impactful on both of our lives.
1: We had that to relate to, but mm-hmm. even more than that, we just kind of relate as people very, very well. Awesome. And we're and really dear friends. I mean, I talk to her all the time.
0: That's awesome. And you can tell yeah. that you two, um, that were hitting it off, like, you know, off screen because your chemistry on screen in that brother, sister type of role was really amazing.
1: Well, you know, the, the arc of their relationship, which I, I think is so exciting that, you know, uh-huh. Kyle was brought back into cult, and maybe mm-hmm. hopefully someday we'll get to explore where their relationship has gone further. But even within Child's Play 2, you know, there was a standoffishness in the beginning between those two characters. They're forced into this family unit that they're not fully comfortable in and don't feel like they really belong in. Right. Um, yet they relate to each other over that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I think they had an opportunity, the characters, to bond quickly. And then once they both were the only ones that believed and knew that the doll was trying to kill everybody, they certainly yeah. had that to bond over. Exactly. Um, you know, have your uh, foster family killed by a murderous doll and you get pretty close with each other. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can believe that one. <laughs> so what was the best part about filming Child's Playing? What was the worst? Um, I mean, the best part is
1: not any one thing I could say. I mean, as far as, like, on-screen moments that are my favorite, any opportunity I get to hurt the doll is always mm-hmm. my favorite stuff to shoot. Right. Um, but, you know, the... the uh, the, the entire process of every film that we made was just enjoyable I mean it was really good people that believed in what we were doing and got along very well with each other and it always felt like a team working on something to me at right. least um, so I, I have no negative experiences awesome. from making the film um, the worst you know I don't know I mean when you're involved in something that's Uh, I don't want to use the word iconic, even though a lot of other people use that word for it, but something that impacts a lot of people. um, That comes with a certain responsibility of always valuing their appreciation and staying true to this character. And in my case, that happened to be lasting for over 30 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's very easy to do most of the time because people, for the most part, are nothing but sweet and appreciative. Um, but there are some tiring elements of that Mm -hmm. too, as I'm sure you could imagine, especially with the access that social media gives. I mean, I'm a pretty accessible person online, Mm -hmm. so I get a lot of messages. And like I said, 98% of them are awesome. 2% (laughs) of them are really tiring and old Mm -hmm. and, you know, (laughs) not that funny, not that funny anymore. Like if I post a picture of my cat or something, I'm inevitably going to get the comments of like, don't let Chucky kill your cat or whatever. (laughs) Whatever I post comes back to Chucky at all times, always. Um, And yeah, you know, because of all the good in my life that has come from it, that's a small price to pay, so I'm not complaining about that price, but since you asked what the worst is, you know, there's
0: there's a flip flip side of every coin and, and being... Solely identified as Andy for
1: three decades, no matter what else I try to do. I mean, it, in many ways, it kind right. of, like, inhibits my desire to do other things because it's all going to come
0: back to that anyway. Right. I mean, look at the beginning yeah. of the podcast when I was going to introduce you. Hello, Alex. And I was going to say, hello, Andy. Like, it's just one of those things that rolls right off the tongue with that. You know what I mean? Right. And which, again,
1: I'm not complaining about. Right. I mean, it, it, it's worked out, you know, very, very well for me in life. Right. I I... I mean, I didn't, I didn't get rich from those films. I think people have a, a misconception about right. that sometimes also. This was, I was, this was my first project as a child actor in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't make a ton of money. I, I never lived in Hollywood. I didn't have a place in the hills. I grew up in North Jersey, and now I own a small business in Florida. Right. Um, you know, <laughs> so I went to school for audio engineering. I own a recording studio the past six years, nice. and I scrape away
2: like everybody else. Yeah. Um. But
1: it, it's opened up all kinds of great doors in my life too. I mean, I've met people that I admire. I've gotten access to some things that I really care about. Mm-hmm. I've gotten to travel the world. I've met thousands and thousands of incredibly appreciative fans. Um, the good. Vastly outweighs any negative right. from this experience in my life.
0: That's awesome. So, what was the most memorable moment while filming *Child's Play*?
1: Um, well, I don't know. I mean, there are some scenes that stand out more than others. That in my memory, uh, the part in the first one where I light the doll on on fire yeah. and I said, "This is the end, friend." I mean, I remember the delivery of that line and going over it with. Tom Holland, the director, and him getting really excited when it happened. Right. You know, when I when I hit when delivered it just the way he wanted. Um, any like I said, any of the times that I get to hurt the doll seem to be the most memorable <laughs> nice. things that stick with me from from that long ago. Right. Maybe because of the effects of it, or you know, it was Andy's triumphant revenge, and that felt good as an actor to portray. Um, So any of those stuff. But really, I mean, the best memories of the whole thing are the personal connections with Mm -hmm. the people that I've been lucky enough to be involved with for for all this time.
0: So what was it like working with Chris Sarandon and Catherine Parks?
1: Catherine Hicks.
0: Catherine Hicks. I mean, why did I say Parks? I don't know who that is. I don't think I ever worked with her, though. Um,
1: Catherine Hicks was great. You know, she had never played a mother yet at that point which is ironic because she became so well-known as a TV mom. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's a mother now, you know, for many years uh, herself. But at the time she was not a mother. She had never portrayed a mother. Um, So she really went out of her way to try to bond with me, you know? Uh, And that really just endeared me to her a lot. She was always very, very, very sweet to me. We still have a very loving, supportive friendship. Mm -hmm. Um, And Chris... You know, Chris and uh, Detective Norris and Andy only really had a couple yeah. interactions with each other. Um, but he was great on set. You know, I saw, I saw Fright Night when I was a kid. Uh, right. So I, I was aware of who he was. Um, and, but I, I remember like hanging out in the trailers with his, his daughters mm-hmm. and um, just always being really sweet and kind. Right. And, you know, both people that I get to see because of our conventions. That's so, awesome. you know, that's great.
0: That's awesome. And on a side note, uh, Catherine Parks is actually, she played Vera Sanchez in Friday the 13th, and I have an interview set up with her. That's probably uh, where that came go. from. That's you, probably can where ask, that... you can ask her about Catherine Hanks. <laughs> yes, I can. There we go. <laughs> um, so this one, um, I don't know if there is works in, and if you're allowed to really talk about it, because I know about all those NDA clauses and everything. But um, is there any plans of you appearing in the Child's Play TV series or any future Child's Play films?
1: I don't know. Okay. I don't, I don't know yet. Uh, I hope so. Right. And I, I no, can... I, I don't know and won't tell you. <laughs> but and no, the, the truth
2: is really we're not there yet. Okay. Um, COVID obviously set everything back. Yeah.
1: Uh, I think if that had not happened by now, I would know the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. But as I stand here now,
0: I genu- genuinely don't really know okay. um, if
1: I'll be involved or to what extent.
0: Right. Well, um, if they plan on having you, that would be huge. That will be amazing. Um, I would love to see you return for the TV series, kind of to explore, you know, more about Andy and where his, you know, mental status is from, you know, the first two movies and the last, you know, the most recent two that he was in. And, like, I would kind of like to know, like, will it leave off, you know, where uh, you were in that uh, in that room with at that, was it at the hospital, you know, what are, like, are you okay? Like, we know you're okay, but, like, what happened with you and then... Like, you know where where do you go from there I think that'll be good to explore
1: well let's uh, let's hope so yes I'm with you in hoping
0: yes so the last question I got for you is uh, do you have any future projects websites or social media sites that you would like to promote to our listeners
1: well uh, like I said I, I don't really uh, do much acting so I don't have okay. anything like that but I've been running a recording studio down in Clearwater, Florida for the past okay. six years. I call it AV productions, like my initials, but also audio video because we do both. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I've, we've recorded over 250 artists, all genres, done some sound for film, done some video production work. Uh, yeah, I mean, to try to keep that busy. And most of my time gets devoted to the projects that come into my studio. Okay. And that's avproductionsonline.com. Okay. Awesome. And yeah, that's it. I was doing a podcast for a little while myself. I had a bunch of horror guests on. And because of my studio, I also had live music every episode. Okay. Um, and I had it all running through my board. I mean, as someone who works on this side of things yourself, I'm yep. sure you could appreciate the fact that I had. 32 channels of audio going out stereo into my podcast. Yeah. Live.
0: That's amazing.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. The only thing I couldn't figure out and still can't really is how to stream video
0: with the audio from my board. Okay. So I got
1: to figure that out. uh, And maybe if I do, I'll bring it back. But I did 21 episodes of that last year with a bunch of your favorite horror guests were on and some really great music and good conversation about it. Myriad of topics. Um, that's awesome. So,
0: yeah, that's about it for me. Awesome.
1: i alexvinsononline.com. Usually I update where my appearances are on there, but not too many of those this year. Right. But uh, you can always find out stuff about that. Right. And, uh, the podcast is called The Final Note, and that's on YouTube.
0: Awesome. Sounds great. And I thank you for your time. Uh before I let you go, I did want to say that uh my one friend, uh she's actually I have a little uh indie production company myself and she's one of our little actresses that is in it, but she was going to meet you at a uh, Monster Mania in New Jersey back in March, but it was canceled.
1: Yeah, because that was about the most disappointing convention yeah. cancellation of all time. Yeah. I had flown up to New Jersey for it just as this pandemic was kind of kicking into gear before the shutdown of everything right. and that was scheduled like right on that weekend when they shut things down so mm-hmm. i i flew up to new jersey on a wednesday for the convention on friday and they canceled it wednesday night
0: who yeah so yeah it was a bummer yeah it was a great show yeah but
1: i'll be back there someday and, awesome and that convention will be back
2: someday awesome her name
0: is uh skylar turner and she wanted me to tell you hello hello <laughs>
1: tell her I said hello as well. I definitely
0: will. <laughs> well, I thank Thanks. you for your time and you have a great rest of your day and you say, uh, stay safe.
1: Thank you, Scotty. Yep. You as well.
2: Thank you Take so care. much. You too. Bye.